Sing it again. Let the king of my 
Thanks, uh, Joshua and our worship team. And uh, 
last week Chris spoke, and I appreciate his bringing a word, and, and it was a good time. I want to thank you also for praying for me while we were in Colombia. They, uh, you know, the word holy in Spanish is santos. I learned a little Spanish, a little, a little bit. Fuego. I learned that word. And uh, Gloria Dios, I definitely learned that one. But um, thank the Lord. Appreciate your praying. It was amazing. And I'll share a little bit about it. Now, this, this is pretty awesome. Oh, by the way, Judith, we were supposed to have a high-ranking Israeli official with us today. I didn't tell a lot of people because it was going to happen. And then um, he had to get back to meet with Netanyahu and stuff. And uh, I don't know what's going on. And uh, so anyway, that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, that would have been really good. But they called that they they said uh, something meetings, you know, he had stuff going on. And um, and anyway, so he didn't get to come. But I told him if he, if ever an, an Israeli high ranking Israeli official is passing through Moravian Falls again, you can come. We welcome you. I thought that would have been pretty awesome. But listen to this. We, we, I got, we got this uh, Devin sent it to me from Kenya. Now, this is pretty awesome. It says, my wife and I, this is, you know, we have the web stream, and uh, so you can connect with us. My wife and I, we got saved after we had been on your website. Your teachings touched our heart and burned us so much. We got to your ministry website for three days, checking on the teachings, and we could not hold any more. We felt like something that prompted us to seek spiritual prayer for our salvation. We got saved through your website. We used to come back to your website daily. No, we are coming back daily in the evening. Read everything on your ministry website, and we pray much. The Lord started to put a burden to us concerning praying for you and your wife, and they fasted for us 12 days. And then our hearts started burning, and we desired more of the Lord, or the Word of the Lord. So we started to... Now listen, here's how you start a church. We started to sing in our house and pray for some hours every evening. Three days later, our three neighbors joined us as we prayed together, and they gave their lives to Jesus. In about one month, people joined us in our home fellowship. One night when we were praying around 3 a.m., the Lord spoke to my wife for us to open a church, a fellowship, and we were to align ourselves with your ministry. And so we prayed about it, and we had peace. Now they're six months into their new church plant. There's 70 people so far. My wife and I are emailing you, so you will know we are birthed from your ministry website. And we've been using your teachings all this time. Please pray for us in Kenya. That's pretty awesome. And they said, please come visit us, your new church, your spiritual son, Joshua. So anyway, I want to go. I'm kind of in a going mode right now. And... um Oh, and by the way, we have another spiritual son coming from Cartagena, Colombia. He's 18 years old, on fire for God, wins people to Jesus everywhere he goes, and he just wanted to come hang out with us for a while. So is that okay? Can we host him? I said, come on, because I think we're getting ready for something major among our youth. You cannot pray at midnight and expect God not to show up. It's just not going to happen. I mean, that's just going above and beyond the call of duty. And, uh, but God honors that in a major way. But uh, thank you, 
you know, I just give you a little brief, a little bit of what happened, and then I want to share something from the word. But, um, you know, we were there. I was representing America. Etienne Bloom representing South, um, South Africa. You know Etienne. I mean, you guys know Etienne. And this guy named Hugh Parday from uh, Wales. And Hugh is going to come, I think, in May. Now, he, he, he was one of the world's most famous opera singers or something. And then he, I don't know, something happened. But anyway, they're redigging the Wales of revival in Wales. And they have a vision for Europe. And uh, he's supposed to be around. He's good friends with uh, the Graham ministry. And um, so I said, well, when you're here, come. He seems a little opera, but it's anointed opera. So that would be new for us. So come on and do and break loose among here. And our hearts really connected because when I first met him, he was telling me the story how he was over here at Cliff Barrow's funeral. Cliff Barrow's died within the last year or something. I remember hearing. But um, he was telling me about a previous meeting he had with Billy Graham. And Billy Graham was telling them how years ago they went to Wales. I knew about the story. I didn't know they went to Wales. But they met Cliff Barrows, Billy Graham, with Dr. Stephen Olford. And Dr. Olford led Billy Graham and Cliff Barrows into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Most churches have no idea. Most Americans have no idea that that happened. And that really struck a chord because um, I'd heard that story many years ago at Wheaton College. Dr. Olford, he was a prince of preachers. You know, he's from England, Wales, and when he would preach about the Holy Spirit, he would say, the Holy Spirit, and I just never forgot that, you know, and I think I've mentioned him before. But Dr. Ofer gave me a word that I'm walking in today. I mean, I'm telling you, after one of the meetings, you know, I was talking to him, I said, the Holy Spirit? What, what about the Holy Spirit? I was really wanting to know, you know, as a young Baptist guy, a lot of years ago. Anyway, he gave me a word that I'm walking in today, so... He'll be here in May, and then I think Etienne will probably come again a number of times. And if you hadn't got to meet him, probably the number one reason I went to Columbia. I mean, God used us. God always does more in us than he does through us. But it was to hang around Etienne. And uh, isn't it amazing? I, I'm telling you, I'm just going to tell this because he's not here. But I think there's probably about 12 men on planet Earth like him. I'm just telling you, he has encounters like I've never heard in my life with the Lord. i just give you one brief one. I can't go into great detail because you it sounds kind of science fiction. But anyway, the conferences were over, and they wanted to treat us to an island, you know, take us up. I'm all gay, man, let's go. So anyway, we and they were pirate islands. And the pirates are gone, but they were pirates, islands is what they said. Any years ago. So anyway, so let's go. So we get in this boat of about 30, 40 people. And the guy's driving crazy. You know, he's bouncing and driving just like the taxis. You ever been overseas? The taxis, the motorcycles, it's crazy. I don't know how I made it back. But anyway, and I'm, you know, it was okay. But they said we had to leave the island early because the waves were going to be rough. So, well, this should be fun because they don't, they don't, there's no speed limit. And uh, so anyway, this guy cranks it up and takes off 30, 40 of us in here. And it's just, Jim, <laughs> water's just coming. And I'm not exaggerating the water. We're soaking wet. By, it's, but anyway, I'm thinking, this thing's about to go. 
this thing's going to go just like that, and they're going to read about me in the paper. And I, I was thinking, well, what was I going to do with my... I'd taken some pictures. I, I was thinking, Lord, when this thing overturns, i got to get in here and get my uh, little computer out because I took pictures I wanted to show Shirley. At least they could send it back to you, you know, and somehow you could... The last rites. But anyway, I was thinking, this is serious. I really thought we were going to die. And all of a sudden, the engine stopped. One of the... They had two engines, big engines. So one of them died... <laughs> And I heard the Lord say, I did that. Because if I hadn't have done that, you would have suffered tragedy. So I thought, wow, that's a good... I didn't tell the others. I thought, whoa, that's a good word, Lord. Thank you for doing that because this is no good. So we were puttering along and then, you know, after a while. Well, while I'm thinking, I heard the... And I did. I heard the Lord. Etienne went off into some encounter with God. It's just an amazing... Now, I can't go into... I wish I could go into great de detail, but I'm telling you, it's an amazing. You know, the spirit world is far more real than the natural world. And, you know, some of these creatures they create on the movies probably are replicas of the real demonic creatures that are really in the spirit realm. So Etienne goes off in the sp and he has this encounter and he slays a dragon. But anyway, I, I'll let him tell you the, the story. It sounds a little far out. It is. But to me, it was real Christianity. And uh, just hanging around it, and I was so blessed. And I said, God, this is the way it ought to be all the time. He loves coming here because he said there's only a couple places on the earth that has as much angelic activity as Moravian Falls. Should I tell him? Yeah, I'm going to tell him. I got to tell you one thing. That, and you know, you can chalk it off as being bizarre or whatever. I don't care. The things Jesus did were pretty bizarre. Spitting in somebody's ear, you know, I mean, stuff like that. Or in the eye. But, I mean, you know what I mean. But anyway, he told me there's a place around here. I'm going to tell you anyway. Because we're going to be called crazy. You're going to be called peculiar. I'd rather walk in the supernatural. I, I had a hope. Something came on. I've always known about sonship. Now I know what it means to be a true son of God. That all of creation's waiting for. All of, you know... To, to as many as believe, he gave them the right to become sons of God. So obviously there's a higher level because all of creation is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God to show up and be sons. So anyway, I have a new vision. It's like a light came on. So I want to walk in this stuff, man. Whether I see all the stuff Etienne sees or not, it has nothing to do with it. I have my own calling. You know, the owner, you don't want to be like anybody. But he, anyway, Etienne told me there's a place in Moravian Falls where angels, because there are lots of angels all over the earth, that get wounded and discouraged in battle. They're weary. They come to Moravian Falls to get restored. And he told me the place. I'm not going to tell you. But I'm going. I, I don't know. What are you going to do? Walk around. You know, you encourage them. I, I don't know. I never heard of stuff like that. Angels that need restoration, that need rest. We need rest sometimes. I know some of you are saying, now ah, he's gone overboard. That's it. I know. Well, I'm going to go more overboard. Because um, let me tell you. Now, this is what happened. Now, the conferences were really good. Etienne and I both spoke. And the guy from Wales, he spoke and sung. And they loved it. I loved the, his style and because of the anointing. But anyway, last Sunday, 
After the conferences are over, they invited me to one church and Etienne to another church. And Hugh went first. And he hadn't slept a wink the night before. So he was, you know, you ever seen somebody struggle? They just, you probably see me sometimes, but he was struggling. And I'm sitting, man, this, boy, he's struggling. And I thought he was going too long and I didn't, you know, but I just, I don't, who, I don't even know what to preach. I didn't know that day. You ever been there? You ever been there? I had no idea what I was going to say. The only thought I had was, was Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. So I thought about that. So anyway, it, after he finally finishes knocking over his water and stumbling and whatever, he comes and says by me, oh, David, I'm so sorry. I took way too much time. I said, well, God's in charge. So anyway, he was. He was in charge. I stood up to preach. Forget Galatians. I didn't even know. I preached something out of uh, Acts chapter 2. And we and there was thunder in that place. Not real thunder, but it was, you know what I mean? You ever just preach where it's like just the word and comes alive? You're reading. And, and, and came alive. It's like all these points came under and. And this and that and that is just, you know, you just carried away. Now, if you've never preached or taught before, you don't understand. But if you have, you understand. It's not like America. It's like, goodness gracious, you could just preach on amen and people would get saved. I could have stood up there, amen, 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 amen. And people, would, But anyway, I know what you're saying. You're saying, David, please bring the amen. No. So we have, after I preach, it was like heaven preaching. Oh, man, it was like heaven. I was lost. And anyway, we had an altar, and oh, many people came to the altar. We pray, and people were falling under the power of God and stuff. And then this guy comes up. He's got gold all over his face. Now, it's not the kind of American gold where you have to get a magnifying glass, you know what I mean? Oh, see, there's a little speck right there under your nose, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's gold. It wasn't gold. The guy has a cold or something, you know what I mean? It's... But anyway, this guy... Did not have a cold. He had gold. Dots all over. And then another guy. And then there were some others. And then it got on Hugh. And they said it got on me. But I, I don't know. You know, I'm always a skeptical type. I want to I wanna see. But I'm telling you, God did it. There's glory. It just represents glory. Why would he do that? Because he's coming in his glory. I was looking on the weather channel this morning. On my little cell. And it said, the glory hole is opened again. Anybody saw that? There's a hole somewhere where the water is pouring in. But I'm telling you what Bonnie told us. Get ready for the glory. Get ready, guys, because the Lord is coming to America again. I mean, if you know that. He's been coming in the political realm. Why do you think there's a war going on? You know, everything is against, and it's amazing, time that we're living. But it's not up to who lives in Washington. It's up to who lives in this house. So we gotta be, we gotta be sons of God. If there's anything I could release, maybe I'll speak on that next week, but if there's anything I could release, it would be God open everybody's eyes to what it really means to be one of the sons of God or daughters, okay? The kind that all of creation is waiting for. Because creation been groaning and moaning, you know, for the revealing of the sons of God. So anyway, there's all kinds of doctrine about that. They may accuse me of false doctrine. I don't care. If all of creation is showing up, is waiting, I want to be one of them they're waiting for. 
Okay. Can I share a little bit from the Word? Go with me, if you would, to John chapter 15. I know it's hard to express, it's hard to explain all that happened. I know some of you, it's, it's not even clicking. How do you explain? How do you really? You just gotta go for yourself. Get your passports. Go to Kenya. There's a church that got birthed out of our website. Some of you need to go over there and encourage the brethren. You know what I mean? Go to Colombia. I have, we have an invitation to Venezuela. The pastor was in that conference from Venezuela. I saw they're starving to death over there. They're having to kill the flamingos or something. Did you read about that? Maybe you didn't read about it here, but I mean, they're starving in Venezuela. It's a great time for revival. We should just pray for Venezuela. Right now, Lord, we lift up that one pastor. Maybe there were two. But Lord, we pray for Venezuela. God, we lift that nation up to you. They've been through all kinds of dictatorship and all kinds of stuff. God, we ask you now, raise up a great standard. Lord, pour out your spirit. Let a, a glory hole open up in Venezuela. Lord, even those pastors we, we were able to connect with, we pray for revival in their churches. God, let it rain in Venezuela and Colombia and Brazil and Uruguay and Peru and Chile. And Argentina. God, we pray in all those other nations. Lord, we thank you. Get us ready to go to all these places, Lord. Here am I. Send me. How many of you are on board? Here am I. Send me. Honduras. Nicaragua. Lord, Mexico. Send us. We're a mission base. And so, Lord, we thank you. When we go from this place, there's power. There's authority. There's anointing. We really are a mission base in the Spirit. And Lord, all those angels up there on that hill that are wore out or whatever, I don't know that process, but God, get them engaged. Get them engaged around here so that we can do what we've been called to do. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's stick to the subject now. I hadn't told you, I hadn't told you anything. We did not know Etienne. I mean, just a simple, I'm telling you, there's about 12 men in the earth like him. That's it. He told me other stuff too. I dare not tell you. You think I've lost my mind. But I'd just say, read the Bible. Just read it. Read it. Read it. Where did I hear that? I don't know. Read it. Who was that? Something we saw. Read it. I don't know. I'm going off. All right. Look in verse. I'm going to read it. Verse 9. All right. As the Father loved me. I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Say, may be full. This is my commandment that I, that you love one another as I have lo loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you my friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, and that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. 
Now just pray with me, okay? And I want to just, just in a few minutes, share some things. And I'm, then I'm going to pray for people. And we're just going to believe, see what God does, okay? Man, if I could have lived in that little spot last week, you know, just a little spot. But I'm in it now. I'm in it. And we are. You're in it. Oh, you just don't know. I'm telling you, God needs to open our eyes to the spiritual realm. If you knew what was going on about you over the calling on your life, if you knew, if you knew the warfare that was happening to try to get you off track, and it, we're not, it's not going to happen because no weapon formed against us will prosper. None, not one. But we've got to know our authority. So, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for your anointing. God, I thank you for the people that are a part of this gathering. Lord, I thank you for the calling that is upon this place. Lord, I thank you for the acceleration from here on. And I thank you for the works that you've called us to. But we thank you, God, for the greatest work, and that is to love you. So, Lord, we ask now for fresh oil, fresh anointing. Open our eyes, open our hearts to the word. We thank you for your word, that it never returns void. It always accomplishes your purpose. God, thank you for the purpose of heaven that will be accomplished this very day as we hear the word of God. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in Wales and, and in South Africa and Colombia and all these nations. But we are we're citizens of this nation. And we thank you for what you're doing in America. Lord, we thank you that your hand is upon our country. And that, God, these are the days we've been waiting for. The days we were born for. Days we were made for. And so, God, thank you. There's no more delay. It's time for your glory to break out in our nation. And for this nation to see that you alone rule and reign over all the earth. So we thank you, God. Thank you for what you're doing in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, all of us are going to keep two appointments. That you cannot cancel. You ever canceled an appointment? You're not going to cancel these. You won't be late. Two of them. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 says what? It is appointed. Man wants to die. And then the judgment. You're going to show up for both of those appointments. The appointment for death. And the appointment to stand before God and to give an account. Now, we know there's the white, great white throne judgment. I'm not going there. How many of you are going to avoid that one? If you know Jesus and your sins are under the blood and you're walking with Him, your life is in alignment with, with Him as Lord of your life. It's not lip service. It's a heart issue, but you can avoid the great white throne judgment. And then there will be the judgment of nations. Remember, um, the sheep and goat nations. There was a plan to make America a goat nation. It was underway. It was already well underway. But thank God the church began to pray and God intervened. Because our destiny is not to be a goat nation. We are to be a sheep nation. All right, we belong to Him. And so, but I believe also that speaks to individuals. But then the judgment that we're all going to be a part of is the judgment seat of what? Christ. I mean, if you know what that is, we're going to stand before all of us will one day stand before the judgment seat of Christ. 
What's that all about? Well, first, it is a place for rewards. You get rewards for what the accomplishment that God did through you in the earth. And, of course, we know the crowns. And on that day, what are we going to do with whatever crowns we gain? We're going to toss them at his feet, throw them at his feet. And then another thing will be judged by the deeds done in our body. In this life, the deeds, while we were living. Then we'll be judged for idle words. Do you know the Bible says every idle word? You will be judged for every idle word you've ever spoken. If we understood that, we would keep our mouth shut a whole lot more. I mean, we would go to the doctor and say, look, can you put a zipper right here maybe so I can just open this thing when I need to, you know, because this thing flaps. You know, the Bible says, who can tame the tongue? It's like a, it sets a forest, so great of a forest on fire. And then we'll be judged by our motives. Why we did what we did. It'll all be laid bare that day. And then we'll be judged. Now, this is the big one. You'll be, we'll be judged for what we didn't do in light of what we could have done. What we had the opportunity to do while we had that opportunity. You know, and, and it'll be, you know, why didn't we step out? Why didn't we say? Why didn't we go? Why didn't we do that? And uh, now you remember, just in review, Matthew 25, remember in that the three parables of those who will be judged, not for what they did, but for what they didn't do. Remember that? This is review. The first one was the parable of the virgins. What will they be judged for? Five of them, because they did not get oil. They didn't have oil in their lamps. And the bridegroom came and they were wanting. And then the second group was the talents, remember? There were those that had one talent, two talent, you know, five talents. And uh, the one who had one did not invest what God had given him. He did not use what the Lord had placed in his life. And he was judged for it. And then the last one were the sheep and goat. And we know that they did not do to the least of these, my brethren. We'll be judged. Nations will be judged for how they treated the least of these. And I, I believe, along with many, that is Israel. But it also the least of these. But I want to ask this morning. And it won't take a lot of time. Six questions. The Lord gave me this while I was in Colombia. One of them we already knew about. We've been talking about it. I don't know if we really understand it. But there's six questions we're going to be asked on that day. Now, since you're going to be a part of that day, you might want to listen to these questions. Okay? Because you're going to be there. It is appointed man wants to die. And then the judgment. So since we're going to be at that appointment... You might want to listen because we're going to be asked six questions. Probably a lot more. It's just, the, it's just the ones I saw out of Matthew 16. And it just kind of just came to me. And the first one is what we know about Bob's life. Did you learn to love? And you mentioned that. And so we've, we heard about it. It's really going to be a big issue. He said, as the Father loved me, I've also loved you. Abide in my love. And he speaks about it. This is my commandment, verse 12, that you love one another as I've loved you. And we're familiar with what happened with Bob. And he died and went to heaven. And the Lord said, the big question is, did you learn to love? And we need to know, did we really learn to love? We're to love him. We're loved by him. And we're to make his love known. But who are the groups that we're to love? Think about it. Who is it we're to focus on? First, who do we love? God. That's a biggie. 
That's it. That is the biggest of the big. Like this is the main thing. Love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Do we really love Him that way? I think we need to ask that question. God, do I love you with all my heart, all my mind, all my strength? And most of us are going to come up short. So what do we do? We say, God, forgive me for not loving you the way you've called me to love you. God, I got, obviously love must be of you. So will you love you through me? I need your love to love that kind of love. So that means you've got to die to yourself. But then we also have got to love our neighbor. Who is our neighbor? Everybody. It's the person you run into in Walmart. It's a person you run into at the... At, used to be Hess. What is it? Speedway now. The Speedway station. I wish it's still Hess. They used to give you a discount. It's five cents off a gallon. Why did Hess go out of business? Figured the one that gave the discount went out of business. But you love your neighbor. Then you love... Now, this is a hard one. Love one another. Love the brethren. You know, that's why the enemy... And I'm so glad it sounds like Chris spoke out of John 17, some on unity. That's the number one assignment of hell. If he can't keep you out of hell, he tries to create hell all around you. And so brother against brother, sister against sister. It's a big one. Did you learn to love? And then we're to love the world that Jesus died for. And we've often said that. As long as we're on the earth, John 3.16 is still like, you know, one of the main goals. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. But then also we're to love who else? Think about it. Who else are we to love? Who? Our enemies. Somebody said enemy. You said it. You got it. Our enemies. Now how are we going to love our enemies? Because if you look at the context of the Scripture, look in verse 18. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. And uh, if you were of the world, the world would love you. Yet because you're not of the world, but because I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I, I said, that a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will think about persecuting you. Is that what it says? What does it say? They will. I tell you, there's probably not a lot of persecution coming a lot of people's way because there's not anything to persecute. If you're not being persecuted, you should go and ask God, how come I'm not being ridiculed, rejected, offended? Why are these things not happening to me? Was it, um, yeah, John Wesley. He gave us a story and how he went one whole day with nobody slamming him, accusing him, rejecting him, speaking evil of him. He went one whole day. He was out on a horse riding. He was saying, God, what happened? God, what happened to your blessing on my life? Why, how come? No, there's no war. Nothing's happened. Nobody said anything bad. And he got off his horse. He was praying, crying out to God. And all of a sudden, somebody was coming by, and they heard some man babbling behind the bush, and they picked up a rock and threw it in the bush and hit John Wesley in the head. That's what I heard. It's a story. And John Wesley got hit in the head. He said, thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Well, you can read the context. And you have someone in verse 26, when you, all this trouble comes, you have the helper. But when he, the helper, comes, the helper comes because we need help. 
that's really, that's it. Boy, that's real theological. Why did the helper come? Hmm. I wonder if it's because I need help. <laughs> Probably because that's it. And he'll give you power. But anyway, verse chapter 16, these things I've spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. Now look over in Revelation chapter 1 real quick. The, the, the other points will go pretty fast, but, but there's six of them. But we've got to just think about this. It's got to, we've got to return here to the angel of the church of Ephesus, verse 1. These things says he who holds the seven stars, walks in the midst of the golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, endurance, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you've tested though, those who say they're apostles and they're not. And you've persevered, you have patience for my name's sake, and you labor, and you've done all those things. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, remember, therefore, from where you've fallen. That's what he says. When you leave your first love, you're in, you've, been, you've fallen. Repent and do the first works, or I'm going to come quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. And then he says, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And to him who overcomes, it's going to be one of the great challenges of the hour. To overcome lovelessness, lawlessness and lovelessness. We look at the streets of America and there's lawlessness. Not as bad right now as it was a few weeks ago. Probably not as bad right now as it will be later on. You know, lawlessness will abound. We know that. But lovelessness is the great sin in the church and I'm telling you, God has a great plan for Moravian Falls. Dylan, I, I heard some things about you. This is going to be big. It's going to be big. Our youth, we got to we got to love our youth, support them. You want to pray at midnight? Man, we will do all we can to open the doors for these guys. I'm telling you, this is big. We have a big calling in Moravian. Those of you that are intercessors and you, you see things and you intercede, you, you don't know. You don't know how big your intercession is. There are angels that give, that are sent from this place on the intercession of the saints. I mean, stuff is affecting the kingdoms of this world from this place. We may be small. We have a big God. The next big thing is small. Who cares? We don't, we, listen, we can be small. You're big if God is with you. You couldn't be any bigger. If God's with you, who could stand against you? But the number one call is not the works. It's to love God. It's to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We are not pursuing revival. Now, we're marked for revival. We won't pursue it. We're not going to pursue it. We're going to pursue loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's what we got to pursue. Love Him. God, am I loving you this day the way you've called me to love you? And love one another, and love the neighbor, and all of these things. It's the greatest work. Jude 21, or 20 says, Building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God. And we pray in the Spirit. I hope you pray in the Spirit all the time. And, um, you know, I pray in the Spirit a whole bunch. Down there, it didn't seem like I prayed quite as much because always we're doing stuff. But I'm, I'm telling you, just pray in the Spirit. But even more important, keep yourself in the love of God. Then the second question. You ready for this? Are you ready for this? It's all out of John 15. 
And he says, all right, if you love me, verse 10, if, if you keep my commandments, you will also, you will abide in my love. Just as I keep, I have kept my father's commands and abide in his love. So the second, first question, did you learn to love? Second question, did you keep my commandments? In other words, let me simplify that. Did you do, did you do the father's will? Now, when I read this, it's like the Lord, the light came on. And you know the scripture, Matthew chapter 7, real quick. I'm telling you, there's going to come a day, that day, when we stand before God, we are going to be stunned. We're going to be shocked at those that this verse applies to. They will have done some of the greatest works maybe the church world has ever known. And yet they did not, they did, they did their own thing, their own vision, their own works. Good works, but it was not the Father's works. And that's what he says. Not everyone, verse 21, who says to me, Lord, 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 shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who what? Does great works? No. He who does the will of my Father in heaven. I don't, I don't know if you know, but there, it's going to be a shocker on that day. Because he even goes on to explain it. The Lord, now this is all in red. Many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not done many wonders in your name? And he will say, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And when I, I just, I'm telling you, the, I felt like the Lord said that you are going to be blown away on that day. Of the works that were done in the name of, his, of the Son, but had nothing to do with the Son. They didn't get their orders from heaven. They got their orders on the earth. From men or a, a group of men or whatever. Or they got it from their own vision. But it was not. We've been praying, Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We don't know how important that is. It's the will of heaven that must be done. And it's going to be a great shocker. Now, Etienne, my friend, and he's going to come back, and I'm just talking. I'm not boasting in man. I'm just telling you, you know, the giftings and callings. God allows him to go and read the scroll in heaven written, you know, so that he... I thought, well, God, that's almost cheating. I mean, you know, he gets to read a scroll in heaven of what he's supposed to do that day. And I'm asking God, God, let me read that scroll. It, I could sure hit the mark a lot better by reading it out. And then I thought, wait a minute. What are you praying in the Spirit for? You're, pray, you're praying the perfect will of God. You're praying the will of God in heaven. So I pray in the Spirit a couple hours on Sunday morning. Then I come to show up and preach. What do you think you're preaching? The stuff written on the scrolls. They're scrolls. We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, 
which God planned beforehand that we should walk in them. You're not going to walk in them just flippantly. You've got to seek His face. You've got to seek His will. You've got to hear from heaven. I'm just telling you, on that day, we're going to be stunned of the works. We'll see some of the greatest named believers and we'll say, but God, they prophesied in your name. I saw miracles. I saw the dead raised. I saw all these things done. He said, yeah, they did them in my name. But I say, depart from me. I never knew you. It's a main thing. All right, the next thing, number three. You got it? Did you keep your joy? Go back to that verse. Did you keep your joy? These things I have spoken in you, verse 11, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. My joy may remain in you. That's a secret. Obviously, we need a resource from heaven. The, the word to remain means to cause to overflow. We're not just to be, you know, carriers of a little joy. We're to be overflowing with joy. And the hotter it gets, the more joy ought to flow out of us. The more the heat's turned up, the water boils. You know what I'm talking about? So let them turn up the heat. We need a little heat in America. It'd be really good because then you'd see what's inside. It'd start boiling out. You, you ever see people, they start, stuff happens to them. They get offended. And boy, you know what comes out of them? You know why it came out of them? Because that's what's inside of them. Out of the mouth. What's in the heart? Out of the mouth. The mouth will speak. So God will allow those situations so we can see. But it's the joy of the Lord. Now, I don't know. You know, we are to draw from the wells of salvation. With joy, draw from the wells of salvation. I was sitting there thinking about this yesterday. I told Shirley, now I haven't seen it, but in my mind I see it. So I'm learning. I'd rather just go and see it. Walk. I just want to go. I'm going to bring heaven to earth. You ought to want to do that too. That's what we're called to do. Bring heaven to earth. But I thought I saw a reservoir in heaven of joy. Like a big reservoir. Now, if that's true, a big old body of water that never runs dry of joy, you and I need to be somehow a, a pipe. We need to be reaching up there. Lord, I need some of that joy. I need joy. So we just release some of that today. And if that's of the Lord, and even if it's not, we know the joy of the Lord is our strength. So, Lord, how about releasing some of the joy that's in the reservoir of heaven? If there's a reservoir, if there's no reservoir, then forgive me. You, I know you'll forgive me. I know there's a whole lot of joy in you. So the joy of the Lord is our strength. We can't make it without joy. Loose joy in the house of God. In the name of Jesus. Okay. Let's release it. Okay, here's the next. I want to go quickly. Okay. That's what they told me in Colombia. It was cool. Surely I wish you could have been there. You need to go with me next time. I didn't. I mean, that going to a pirate island was cool, but not without you. Way more fun with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it was a really cool island. The driver. They have a lot of motorcycles. Well, they're not motorcycles. They need mopeds and things. Uh, yeah, they're not motorcycles. But you're driving along at 150. No, I don't know how fast. It couldn't be that fast. I don't know. But cars are weaving, weaving. And, the, and motorcycles, there's, there's more motor, 
mopeds than there are cars. So they're just going by you between buses, between tracks. I mean, you have to, I'm telling you, when you're driving along in a taxi, especially if you're sitting in the front, you need to just, you need, you peek every once in a while. Did we make it? Oh, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. Did they do that where you guys were? Yeah, it's crazy. I'm surprised more people weren't killed. I don't know. They, I guess they just know what they're doing. But I just, some of the little gaps. How did you get your bike between that bus, those two bus? How in the world? I mean, all, all you got to do is just touch the handlebar. You know, just, you're dead. And they get through them somehow. I just, oh. Anyway, <laughs> it was fun. Okay. Where was I? The pilot island. No, no, no. The pirate island. No, no, that's not where I am. The next question. Now look at this one. This is big. Are you ready? Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should, what? Go. Did you go? So here's the next question the Lord said that's going to be asked on that day. Did you go where I appointed you to go? Were you among those that went or were you among those that were sent? I remember on our honeymoon, you remember we were going to Jamaica, and I've already told that story. But we went to a church in downtown Atlanta. We spent the night there. And remember, we went to the altar on our honeymoon, and we bowed down in the front of the altar, and we said, Oh, God, we will go wherever you say to go. And that's how we begin our marriage. We'll go where you say to go. And I want to just ask you, did you go where God said go? Or did you just go because you wanted to go? It's not about what you want to do. It's what the will of the Father has sent you to do. Are you on God's assignment or are you, are you on your own assignment? Did you not go because it was not popular? Or maybe you weren't received. Maybe you weren't loved. Well, get over it. They didn't love him. And yet he went. He was sent from the Father. He wasn't honored. He was rejected, despised among men. And yet he went. And so there's going to be a, a question that day. Did you go where I told you to go? Or did you go because you thought it was a good idea? Good ideas are not necessarily God's ideas. They might be, but you better hear, especially in this hour. I think it's like the, uh, the stakes are higher or something. You, anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like if you're living on the earth at the end of the age, whatever the end, however many years, we don't have any idea. A day is at a thousand, we know. But I'm telling you, if you're, on, if you're part of the crowd that's on the earth, that's going to be part of the sons of all creation is waiting for and seeing these things unfold, you better know where God said to go. And it may not be where you want to go. It may not be where it's the most pleasant place to go. It's just because he said go. Did you go where I told you to go? And then the next thing. This is big right under that. And did you bear fruit? Because he said you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. You can't forget the remain. Some people bear fruit. Their fruit lasts for just a little while. 
They pop in, they pop out. It's fruit that has no root. It's, it may bring joy for the moment, but God's looking for fruit that remains. I've told you the story about the Ukraine and going to the USSR many times. You know, about meeting Ludmilla, the interpreter. But what I don't think I ever told you is the scripture that God gave us on that trip was that, out of John 15, that you should go, that you should bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. And I remember in that little group, you know, the USSR, the communist nation, and I remember us praying, oh God, let us bear fruit, and let our fruit remain. Let it be fruit that remains. I remember that sticking out in my mind. And then I told you many times how we went out to the park, and the interpreter, the English professor, if you weren't, if you don't know the story, we didn't have an interpreter. And we said, does anybody speak English? Remember, some of you? And Ludmilla said, I'm an English professor. And she came up and she didn't, she didn't want to interpret because she was a communist. And her dad was com in the Communist Party. And she was an atheist. And we said, well, you don't have to believe anything. Just give us a voice. So she gave us a voice. And not you remember. She was saved and all that stuff. But anyway, there were so many people that came. So all those kids. And then I shared with you how just recently I went to this meeting over in Ridgecrest, remember? And they were all these Russians and Ukrainians, Lithuanians, all these kids on fire for God. And here I am sitting on the front row, and it hit me like a brick. Wait a minute. You mean some of those people that were saved all those years ago? In the communist country where the gospel had not been, pre been preached for 70 years, you mean, God, you heard my, our prayer that our fruit remained? And look at this. Some of this is your fruit that remains. That blew me away when God showed me that. It's just like, whoa. I'm telling you, you may not see it like I did at that moment. But there's fruit that's going to remain long after you've come and gone. That's what we're here for. It's the fruit that remains. Not that just springs up and looks good. A lot of people have good-looking fruit, but on the, in the root, it's rotten. You gotta have, it's gotta remain. And that's what he's gonna say. Did you bear fruit that your fruit should remain? And then the last thing. You ready for the last one? Can we just review for a moment since we're gonna be asked these questions? Are you guys with me? Can you remember the first one? Did you learn to love? Second one? Did you keep my commands? Did you do the Father's will? That's a big one. Third, did you keep your joy? Was your joy full? Then fourth, did you go where I appointed you to go? And then did you bear fruit that remains? And then the last thing is in verse, it's the last, uh, the last verse, verse 17. No, verse 16. He says, yeah, did you choose? Did you not choose me? You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. And here's what I, the Lord said. Did you ask the Father what he wanted to give you and do through you? Or did you just ask the Father for what you thought sounded good? Did you just pray out of the, out of your own heart? You know, your own desire of what you thought was a good thing to happen? 
Or did you say, Father, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Did you ask the Father what he wanted to do, what he wanted to give you? I'm glad I passed the test at one point. You know, there are many points, I'm sure. But I'd never forget Shirley. I really liked Debbie, remember? And God basically told me to let her go. I asked him, God, give me a wife. You got this girl right here. Sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? He said, he said, what do you want, my choice or your choice? God, that means I have to die to something. <laughs> you know what I mean? She wasn't around. Or wait, no, I just met. I don't even know where. You couldn't have been around. She wasn't around. I had to die. No, God, I don't want to go there. Do you want my choice or your choice? Your choice. Then die. And then God brought me his choice. And I'm living. You know what I mean? I'm just telling you, the cross is pretty big in this thing called the Christian life. You never are going to get out of having to take up your cross and follow him daily. You're never going to get out of having to die to yourself. I've, I've often, you've heard me say this. You know what it means to die to yourself? You know what? No. Do you know what dying to yourself will do to you? It'll kill you. Just flat out kill you. Dead. I might as well die here. But unless a grain of wheat falls in the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it will bear much fruit. And we know that in, the con in this, fruit that remains. So did you ask the Father the things the Father wanted to do? So how do we end this? Maybe we could repent. Just ask God to forgive us. We'll go backwards. So maybe just spend some time. Ask the Father. Let's ask Him. Father, forgive us. Forgive me. For the things I ask you for that was not the highest that you had for me. It was my own will, my own desire, my own intervention or inventions. I ask amiss. I didn't ask according to the will of the Father. So, Lord, would you forgive me? Just ask him. We're going to take care of this. Father, forgive us for asking amiss, for asking out of our own desires and not the desire of heaven, not your desire, God. Forgive us for the times we didn't say, nevertheless, not my will. Now we say it. Let's say it. Say it to him. Father, nevertheless, not my will but thy will be done in all of these issues of life, God. So we thank you. Thank you for forgiveness. If we confess our sin, you're faithful and just to forgive us. We thank you for a clean slate. The scroll is clean. Jerry gave me a word. He felt a real cleansing during worship. That's what this is about. God wants to wipe the slate clean. clean. All right, second thing. Father, forgive us for the fruit that came up and then fizzled away. Lord, forgive us where we did not, in those times, bear fruit that remained. But thank you, God, for the times it did remain. And thank you from here on out that we're going to bear fruit that remains in the name of Jesus. You see what I'm saying? You guys with me? Got to, you know, make this personal. So thank you, God. Lord, let the fruit of heaven break out in our lives. Fruit that would bring you pleasure, that would remain through 
many generations should the Lord tarry. We pray for that, God. We pray. I, I got a boldness. I feel an anointing. Lord, we ask you that that which you're doing in Moravian Falls, North Carolina, the fruit through the people's lives, through the intercessors, through the worshipers, through the preaching of the word, through the love. God, we ask that this fruit would spring forth and it would remain for generations, oh God. And we thank you. Okay, Father, you ask the Lord, Father, forgive me for the places I went, but I was not sent. You didn't send me to do that. I wanted to do that. I had a vision for that. It was not the vision of heaven. I did it. I went where I thought was convenient. God, forgive us. Forgive me for any place I went and I was not sent. I went on my own because I wanted to do it. Because it sounded good, it felt good, it looked good. God, forgive me. How many of you are with me? Are you still? Okay, Lord, forgive us. Now, Lord, we ask for a fresh anointing to be among the sent ones. That's the apostolic anointing. That's what that is. So, Lord, we thank you. We are clothed in this anointing, and we are the ones who will be sent to do the Father's bidding in many places across the earth and even in this own, our own place here. In the name of Jesus, there's a new anointing to be sent. A sent. Some of you I see right now, you're like missiles with the, and the Lord is getting ready, he struck a match. He's just waiting for you to get positioned. You gotta get in position. Get in position. Get there. And then, doesn't, I don't know what all that means. Maybe go somewhere, it may not be go somewhere, maybe, I don't know. Let God define it. But you're sent. Sent. In Jesus' name. Okay, the next one. Lord, forgive us where we operated on our own joy. It did not get us very far. It helped us a little bit, but it did not. Lord, we need the joy of the Lord. We need our joy to be full, and that happens when it's your joy, your joy flowing through us from the reservoir of heaven. Because your joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So forgive us for operating on emotion that ran out like a roller coaster, whatever, it just went up, it went down, we flattened out, we bottomed out. Lord, forgive us. We're emotional people. How many of you are an emotional person? We're emotional. So, Lord, we don't want to run on that emotion. So it's really, it's better to feel better than feel rotten. But, Lord, we want the joy of the Lord. We ask you, we don't want to substitute that for anything. Not human joy, not make-believe joy or fake joy. They don't want fake news. We don't want fake joy. We want the real joy. You know what I mean? That they may call you fake because they don't understand it. I have a feeling that's what they'll call us. If you got real joy, they'll say you're fake. Ah, you're fake. You must have a demon because I got joy. What am I going to do? Enter into the depression of the Lord? I'm going to enter into the joy of the Lord. You know what I'm talking about. I borrowed that one. I don't know all this stuff. There's nothing new under the sun, but that, this is good stuff. All right, did you keep my commandments? Did you do the Father's will? Father, forgive us. Forgive me for doing things, good things. Oh, they were so good. But Lord, we don't know if they were God's things. And so we ask you to forgive us. 
the things we did that were good but not God. And Lord, we ask for grace that would enable us to do the God things that will bear fruit that will remain and will reflect the glory of the Father. Because that's what all this is about too. So we thank you, Lord. Not my will, but the Father's will in the name of Jesus. And then the last thing, Lord, forgive us where we do not love you to the degree that you've called us to love you. Lord, in fact, we look at that degree and we say, how in the world? God, we, I, we don't have it in us to love you with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our... Lord, forgive us. That's all we know to do. We run to the cross. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We ask you to forgive us and cleanse us. And we ask you to fill us with a love that is reflective and a testimony of the love that you showed when you sent your son and he laid down his life. For you said no greater love than this than one that would lay down his life for his friends. So we thank you. We're your friends. And so, Lord, help us to lay down our lives one for another. Give us that kind of love, especially in this hour, Lord, where they're not going to look at us too kindly when we choose to follow you fully. But we choose to follow you anyway. And we thank you for the love of God. The love of God. God, baptize us in a love that's undefinable, unexplainable, doesn't fade away. It's not swept off by some whimsy emotion. It's the love of God. God, give us that kind of love. Baptize us in it, Lord. And we thank you. So that when he asks us, did you learn to love? We say, well, it was hard, but we did. Amen. Now, if you prayed that, you ought to be feeling a little lightheaded right now. Because stuff goes off of you in the preaching of the word. Especially if it's something God wanted to say. You know, you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. So if there's anybody here without Jesus, if somebody got saved in Kenya, I'm so glad we decided to no, God said do this. I'm so glad. If you're watching by web stream or you're in this room and you have never given your life to Jesus, you don't know if today you died when you walked out that you would spend eternity in heaven. This is the day of salvation. Now is the hour. Jesus gave his life for you. God so loved you that he sent his son and his son died and he rose from the dead. And if you'll confess him and turn your life over to him, repent, that means to turn around. It means you're going one way. You say, okay, God, I'm, I'm tired of going my way. I'm going to go your way. And I choose you. I make you this day the Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Forgive me. And if you will do that, you'll be saved. You'll go to heaven. Spend eternity in heaven. Plus, you're going to get a great purpose from here on out. Because this is the time. I'm telling you, you get saved in this hour, this God saved his best wine for last. So you get to be in on the greatest days in the history of Christendom. And I don't say that lightly. I believe it. I believe it. This is it. So you get to be in on it. So just receive him. Pray. Call us. Contact us. Start a church. <laughs> you know, that's cool. In Kenya. Don't do it because we said do it. You did it because you had worship and they showed up. You couldn't help but do it. That's pretty good. So just be led by the Spirit. It's like when Arthur Blessed would go to some nations and they would come to the Lord. He'd lead people to Jesus. Now, I don't know how he did this in all their languages, but he said, 
that what he would do, he'd say, okay, I'm leaving. I got to go. I'm, well, I'm carrying my cross. I'm going somewhere else. Here's the Bible. Read it. Do what it says and you'll be fine. That's basically it. It's not very hard. Just read it. Do what he says. Love him. Obey his will. Bear fruit. Most of you won't even know you're bearing. You guys know what I mean? Okay, I don't want to carry on. But I had to carry on. Lord, I know we're not to seek signs. I'm not going to seek them. I'm seeking, I'm going to love you. So I'm not going to seek them. I'm not going to seek them. And if signs, no, when signs show up, we're not going to seek them. We're going to look at them and say, wow, that was amazing. That's pretty cool. How'd, how'd that happen? Must be God. And then go back to loving God. Does that make sense? Okay, so we, that's, we're, we're all in agreement. Okay, there's going to be signs and wonders. They'll make us wonder. Whoa, I'm wondering. So, Lord, thank you. God, touch these people now. Lord, I want to impart what you imparted to me in Colombia. So I'm just going to pray God will do it. Angels are going to come and lay hands on people, right? Why don't you stand? Let's stand. Just, just I want to impart fire, grace, anointing, passion, faith to bear much fruit and your fruit remains. So, Lord, I pray. I release all that we prayed, we spoke right now upon these, your sons and daughters, Lord. In the name of Jesus, right now, we stir up the gifts and the callings. Lord, we ask you, let us be a people that are out of control. Out of, out of control. We're on fire. Uncontrollable fire. Lord, thank you. Thank you, God. Release fresh infillings, fresh anointings. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our youth. Thank you for what Bob prophesied. I, I hear those words going forth. The great move of youth in the name of Jesus. So we just prophesy over them. Lord, that you'd set them ablaze on fire. God, we thank you for them, for this incredible time in the name of Jesus. Loose them, Lord. Let it happen. Break loose. Break loose. Lord, come, mighty God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We love you guys. We love you guys. I love you. Thank you. Hallelujah. We got to go now. There's going to be a day you don't, you ain't going to want to go. I ain't going. Where are we going? What's, that, what's out there? But absolutely, when you go there, you're going to carry him. All right? Now, you guys, all right, this is the last thing I promise. I ain't saying anything else. But when you go out that door, you walk out of here as a son of God. Even if you don't have the full revelation. You don't have to have a... People say you've got to have a revelation. You've got to know all about it before you can walk in it. Baloney. You know, I don't know what makes a TV work. But when I, I can still turn it on. It'll come on. I don't understand the thing about it. I, I, and even that's ancient. I definitely don't understand how that phone... I can be over in Columbia. You know, and get a text. And, how does that work? Yes, I'm, I'm going to do it. So you, when you walk out of here, you're walking as sons of God. Demons are going to tremble. Darkness is going to flee. Okay? Redeem the earth. Wherever you go, say, God, I just thank you. This earth belongs to the King of glory. The King of kings. This, this ground where I'm walking right now, Jesus is Lord.
Every demon has no place. Go. I'm a son of God. And you have no authority here. Amen. Okay, I told you the last thing. I'm keeping my word. So, Lord, just bless the people. Bless them all. God. Oh, man. Just bless them, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Every one of them. We're family. God, this is what we've been waiting for. I'm going to keep my word. So go in Jesus' name. God bless you guys.